Today's episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast is sponsored by Timeless Pints Brewing Company. Timeless Pints is your go-to location for distinctively different beer in Southern California. They offer a huge variety of amazing handcrafted beers in a wide variety of light and dark beers, including Belgians, Blonde, and Red Ales. The Honey Blonde is actually delicious, but really the dark beers are my favorites, and the Bear Reader Huckleberry Stout has been my go-to beer for years with its complex roast of malts and barley and just a hint of huckleberry. Oh man, it is delicious. Lately, I've been enjoying the Rocktoberfest and when it comes back around, the London Porter is one of the best beers I think I've ever had. But over at Timeless Pints, the beer is great. It's really the service though that sets Timeless Pints apart. That place is really my cheers and it's been that way for the last five years. Timeless Pints is right here in Southern California, in Lakewood, just a mile or so off the 405 freeway at the Cherry Avenue exit, right next to Long Beach Airport. To keep up with the latest beer releases, information about food trucks or special events, follow Timeless Pints at Timeless Pints on Twitter, or visit them on the web at TimelessPints.com. Pop over to Timeless Pints today, have a pint, and make sure to tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. Bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Welcome, everybody, to another episode, episode 103 of the Wretched Hive podcast. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire Hive has joined us this week to talk more about the rise of Skywalker. I am so pumped to have me and my buddies here share our experiences with you, our listeners, of the Wretched Hive podcast. But before we do, before we go anywhere, you have to know if you're listening to this show, major, major spoilers are ahead. Let's just get it this out of the way before we get talking, guys. All right, now we can be spoilerful, guys. On the show, as always... The Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Palpatine. I mean, <laughs> Lance. Oh, we, we are all Palpatines now. We are all Palpatines. Stevie B, first of all, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Thank you, my friend. You, Merry Christmas to you. Your wonderful family, my wonderful Wretched Hive castmates, and also to everybody listening for tuning in two days after Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Whatever the fuck you celebrated, mm. celebrate the goddamn shit out of it. And you know we did uh, we did drop off a holiday gift for all listeners of the Wretched Hive podcast. We uh, dropped a holiday episode Christmas morning, little uh, stocking stuffer. Yes. So is this listeners. one a holiday deuce? Is that what, what this, this one is? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, holiday deuce. Also on the show today, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan. Sky! 
Ivansky. Oh my God, Steve! I got to say something. I got a big announcement right here, right now on the Hive. Mm. I am officially I hope changing. It's not a deuce. It's not a deuce, but I am officially changing my name. You can call me Papa Palps. Papa Palps. Yes, I think we're all going to be Palps. From Scotty Palps for Papa Palp team. Mm. Mm. Yep. Also on the show, I'm so excited that this man is here. This guy is the man of the hour. I think hashtag Nico was right is going to be a thing for about the next year. <laughs> I think so. He is on the show. He is a celebrity in the Star Wars world. He predicted. He predicted it. We got to give him lifetime props for that. He's the captain of the. Nico was right. Rodriguez. <laughs> I was right. Neener, neener. Did you say it was a clone? Didn't you say it was a clone? That was after the first movie. And then after the second movie, we did our officials. Mm. This is what we think is going to happen. And I changed from the clone because, you know, I don't think that they were using clones anymore. You predicted it, dude. You Props to All you. Right. God, I'm going to have so much beer to drink next year. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, do we owe you beer for that? That's we a do. case of beer. Oh, do. son of a bitch. Really? Uh, All right. Yeah. What kind of beer? The kind that I put in my belly. That's <laughs> not some Bud cheap Light. Bed. No, Bud. <laughs> Nothing light. I swear to God, if the name Light is in there, like I'm going to slap you. <laughs> not with my hand. Man. And finally. I don't want this stunted slime in my sight again. We have. <laughs> Dave! Yes. (laughs) Under no circumstances. Oh, oh, we are excited, aren't we? (laughs) Should you ever. You have done well. And I mean... I am here. My voice is for you alone. Call him. I'm getting your message. Harry. Good, Anakin, good. (laughs) Potter. Do it, 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 do it. Somebody somebody had some time off for it this year. (laughs) There was a lot of art and craft and form in that. Before you go on, before you go on, Dave. A little Christmas skit for you, Dave. Now, Greg, did you produce the do it, do it, do it, do it, or was that found? Did you find that online somewhere? Do it, do it, do it. No, that's all me. Oh, please send that over. He's so proud of himself right now. Welcome, welcome to the show, Dave. Oh my God! Well, hey, <coughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Blessed Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, all that stuff. This is our last hive of 2019. Very exciting. Mm. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us. And if you are listening to us, please feel free to live tweet the show because I think that would be superbly <laughs> entertaining. Uh, that's a pre-show, some pre-show uh, <laughs> a reference there, some comedy before the show started. Dave, I, I'm working on that right now. Yep. All right, I appreciate that, Scott. Yeah. So we're we're just going to get into this with no spoilers, no cer- with all spoilers, no ceremony whatsoever. We're just going to jam it in there and just start talking about the rise of Skywalker. Is that correct? <laughs> Do I have the show notes correct? I'm looking at the show notes right now. Yeah, it's a blank page. That sounds about right, Dave. Um, before we do, the though, one, just the one yep, time yep. I decide to look at the show notes, man, the one time. 
<laughs> uh, quick announcement before we dive in. Uh, just wanted to say thank you and welcome. I should say rather welcome. Well, and thank you to all of our new listeners. Um, whether it's our show getting out there more or it is Star Wars season, we're getting a ton of uh, additional downloads and new listeners. And I just want to do some quick shout outs. Uh, our Canadian listenership is uh, blowing up. Lots of listeners from Nova Scotia. We had, for wow. us, 25 downloads in the last week from Nova Scotia alone. Either one Nova person Scotia. downloaded Scotia. 25 episodes or 25 new listeners. Can't really tell. Ontario, also from, from Canada. Uh, quite a few new listeners there. Uh, a few new one new uh, downloads from Australia, from the UK. Welcome, UK listeners. Um, and a couple from Argentina, which which we hadn't had before. So welcome. Nice. Right nice. Also from the U.S., really quick, going to run this down. We've got new listeners in. Let me see if I can do this without taking a breath. Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Oklahoma, Texas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Wow. New listeners. Welcome to the motherfucking show. Welcome to the hive, everybody. Star Wars fans, coming out. And listening to the Hive, and you are so welcome to do so, and we're so glad to have you listen in. Yeah. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Super exciting time. Yeah. All right. So, just wanted to get that out of the way and welcome all of our new listeners to the show. And uh, you're coming in at a really interesting time, everybody, because as you may have heard, there was a movie release in the last week. Uh, oh, wait a minute. This week, also, as as we release the show. We're going to have episode eight of The Mandalorian, season one, which we won't uh, we won't be able to release uh, to review on this episode yeah. since it's uh, the release date is the same. But I thought uh, this, this nonlinear time thing is really fucking with my head, Steve. It is. It is. It, it's um, it's a pulp. It's the pulp fiction of Star Wars. That, that's what that's what everyone knows. You're pulling a Tarantino on. That's right. Is that what's going on? Okay. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about just from the movie release that came out last week, episode nine, Star Wars episode nine, the rise of Skywalker, Dave, uh, and I reviewed, uh, or started to unpack a little bit, just a little, just to started to unravel our feelings about the rise of Skywalker. I'm sure we're going to be start talking about it for about the, the next year or two, really for the rest of our lives. This movie is so dense, so thick with plot details and action that uh, it's, it's going to take a long process to get through it. We have not heard at all from three-fifths of this here show, and that is Scott, Greg, and Nico. And I cannot wait to interview three of my best friends about their feelings around the rise of Skywalker. And so I'm just going to dive right in. I'm going to play journalist here. And Dave, feel free to jump in when you want. But I'm going I'm to start here with Scott because Scott's oh. sitting in front of me. Scott, and let's just start sort of inverted pyramid style, high-level I'm going to ask you to rate the film on a on a one to ten scale. One being worst film of all time, ten being best film of all time. Where does it rank from us on a scale from one to ten? And then just give your very high level thoughts. Don't get into plot too much. Just what did you think overall of the film, The Rise of Skywalker? Scott, start us off. Well, I I'm going to go in and say I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it it took a second viewing. But I would put it up near maybe the top five, top six. I'm I'm, I'm recalculating top five, that. top six of all the Star Wars all the Star Wars releases. Films. Okay, yes. 
Um, overall, I think what uh, my, my general feeling was is that J.J. had a ton, a ton of work to do uh, just tying up his trilogy or this trilogy and um, the, the overall nine films. I, I really feel like he accomplished a decent job. Uh, there were some plot holes. We'll get into a lot of those details a little bit later as we're Shocker. doing more, more uh, discussions. But that's a tough thing to do for 42 years. Yeah, there's of- there's some serious plot holes, uh, and and we discussed those. But so overall, though, thumbs up. And if you had to rate it on a scale of 10, what do you give it? I'd probably give it a let's I'd say about a seven and a half, maybe eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Great, Greg. Let's move on to you. Same thing. Give it a rating of uh, from one to ten, and uh, tell us overall what you think of the film. Uh, well, I think it's great to look at, and that's the classic non-complimentary compliment is what it is. But I think the the film it really struggles, and and I don't know it's that this film in particular struggles. I think this trilogy, after seeing the whole thing, kind of struggles. Um, so this film, I would only put like maybe a six, uh, in the overall pantheon is the star Wars nine, not counting rogue one and solo at this point. Um, I, in the pantheon and I think it falls in like at seventh place. I, I wasn't that impressed with it. Um, and I don't think that's a fault of this movie. I think it's a fault of the trilogy as a whole. And, and, and I'm going to go on team Scott and I'm going to start blaming Kathleen Kennedy. Cause I think it's a big failure with the producers to, to, come up with a coherent plan of where they wanted this to go. I think it was a grand idea to let the creators create, but without a roadmap, it's just fucking throwing monkeys throwing shit at a wall at this point. Yeah. Can I, <laughs> I know Nico's going to jump in on this, but I just want to say off that point, Greg, uh, thank you for saying that. Um, it's something I wanted to stick by. I am not an anti Kathleen Kennedy person. Like all these crazy fans out there. I just think that you really need to have an overall plan and you can't tell me after seeing Rise of Skywalker, as much as I enjoyed it as a whole and a finish, that there wasn't an overall plan. There was not. There is something okay. that drastically happened. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. Nico, yeah. I wanna get your high level thoughts, uh your scale from on a scale of ten, uh, and then your high level feelings about the movie. What did you think? Um, well, there's only nine episodic films, Steve, so I'm gonna give you on a scale of one to nine. Um, and spoiler okay. alert, it's not top five, uh, definitely not top five material. Um, and honestly, when you start getting into that low of the films, like when you're talking bottom three films, does it really matter? Because those movies are just not my favorite and that's where it sits. Um, somewhere around, uh, yeah, like eight or seven ish Mm. not my least favorite star wars film but definitely not my favorite uh i have only seen it once but i just remember leaving the film just not impressed not disappointed not upset like when i left the the last one that i redacted from my memory no solo solo was a was a good movie it just had a bad actor in it um uh, the rise of no, that was this one. The Shit, last, Jedi. The last Jedi. The, the last, last Jedi, Jedi that mm-hmm. I don't want to remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was not as bad, but definitely not mm-hmm. great. And looking back on this this sequel trilogy, um, I think the reason that everybody thought um, 
Force Awakens was as good as it was is because we had that that wow factor, that nostalgia. We saw the the Falcon and Han and Chewie and all the new, you know, or all the old characters. We got to see them again, and it was like, wow, that's really cool. But then, you know, as the story progresses and we see eight and nine, it's just this trilogy doesn't have any substance. It's too many open, loose ends that don't go anywhere. Too many questions unanswered. Just a lot of roundabout, wasted time that just didn't give the story meat. Um, and it's just kind of disappointing. I'm not mad at it, but I'm just really disappointed. And you know what? Disney is fucking lucky that they have Marvel and Kevin Feige figuring shit out on that camp. Because th- this Star Wars, I I don't see where it's going. I, I don't know what we're going to get in the future. And it's kind of sad and scary. Dave, I want to hand this over to you. What do you think is 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 the challenge here? Aside from a lack of direction, which, and I, I know it's difficult to just put that aside, but when you look at this film in particular, one of the things that I walked away with was I don't feel a strong connection to the characters. Like, I don't really, I don't care about them as much as I do the original trilogy. What do you think is the is the what's missing? What's missing from this film that that would otherwise make us care? I think what what's missing because the the characters are good characters. I mean, even even in moments where we've been as you know, members of the hive have been critical of the past filmic efforts. I don't think anybody's been critical of the fact that Ray, Finn, and Poe are good characters. That they're they're people whose stories we want to see and learn more about. And this movie doesn't give us a lot of opportunity to do that there's no there's no moments where anything breathes a little bit except until right at the very end where he had that that iconic mimic bookend shot of ray you know looking thoughtfully into the the twin sun setting that was the only kind of let's sit back and catch our breath and just let the characters be for a moment you had things like that even in the prequel trilogy you had moments where the characters were just characters interacting they weren't furthering a, a specific plot point or something specific wasn't happening. And I think that was a big a big problem. And that gets back to what I said on the front end, that you can't miss anything in this movie. You know, when Scott saw it the first time and missed a large chunk of it, it's like that's the worst possible way to see this movie. You can't blink for even 30 seconds of it or you miss important plot developments. And I'm I'm pleased to hear people, you know, echoing the thought that I was laying out that you contrast what has happened for Marvel under Disney versus Star Wars and Marvel had a very strong through line and basic guardrails in place if not specific direction for filmmakers here are guardrails and you can't do these things and I need you to accomplish these couple of things but I don't care how you do it and that just didn't happen with this trilogy Hmm. and say what you want about the prequels it had a through line those three movies had a through line and Lucas was specifically going towards very specific points and endings well, and your point about no breathing room, I, I think is really important because the original trilogy for all the action also had time for character development. And I don't know, Greg, that that this trilogy has done that very well. I'm, I'm looking at these three movies going, um, yes, there's not a, true, a, a through line, but I think the bigger problem for me, Greg, is that um, the Lucasfilm is trying to turned Star Wars into Marvel almost like they've got this this action-packed series of Marvel films um, that 
almost by definition don't need the breathing room because they're all action heroes and they're all superheroes. But to me, Star Wars needs a little bit of character development and breathing room. Yeah, just a little bit. I think you're right. Um, it's 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 you can't treat it the same way like you do any other franchise that's out there. And the fact that they wanted to make you know twenty some odd movies in ten years that's just mm. not that's not where this should be at. You know, it it should be it should be somewhere else. And and it's really a failing of of the producers, not so much the filmmakers. I put it. I'd say the producers in this case. So, hmm. well, and and just to contrast real quick with some specifics on what you said i'll look at what may be my favorite marvel movie which is captain america winter soldier and a a a breathing moment that just springs to mind talking about this was when uh steve rogers and natasha romanoff were in the stolen car on the run and they start talking about the the fake kiss moment from the escalator earlier when they were trying to evade the uh, the hydra agents that were stalking them and it, it had nothing to really do with anything except it was just there for a, a character development conversation and it was great there were absolutely no moments like that anywhere throughout rise of skywalker yeah it was it was put together you know that i think that was my problem my biggest problem with the jj abrams bookends you know seven and nine is they were so fast paced it's like they wanted these movies to take place in real time over a two and a half hour period there was no time to breathe there was no time to settle in with these characters everybody was just complete completely on to the next you know quest if you will um to make sure they can get through all the story beats yeah yeah what do you i want to put this out to everybody you know there's dave and i talked a little bit about this on on Wednesday's show, but I want to repeat the question here. There are a lot of Star Wars apologists out there, and you know, one thing that the show has always been has been about honest about our feelings about these movies. If yeah. we don't like something, we we come out and talk about it openly. Yeah. And so, but there are other shows, and there are others out there that I would consider Star Wars apologists. In other words, no matter what Lucasfilm puts out, they say they like it, and they just go with it. Um. And some of them are, many of them actually have said this week, um, look, just go to the movie, pretend like you're eight years old, don't think too critically, and just sit back and enjoy it. And, well, there, and, there is something to that a little bit. Sorry to interrupt. There is something yeah. to that because the my what people have asked me, because, you know, especially around my office, I'm sure you guys get it too, you know, you're the Star Wars nerd in the office. And so people ask me, what did you think? And my my description to them is, well, remember when you were a kid and you played with action figures and you put them in scenes? That's this movie. It's just mm. everything you <laughs> wanted an action figure to do, you made them do in this movie. And you know what? Cool. All right. But, you know, as as you're talking in this nine movie epic saga, you know, The Godfather, this ain't. And, and you know, I think all of us kind of want a little bit more of substance. We've all grown past that. We've, we're playing with our action figures. We want something a little bit of substance in there. Yeah, your analogy, Greg, is is pretty spot on. And, and this doesn't detract from the fact that I still enjoyed the film. I yeah. really feel that what you just said about the action figures, imagine if you're five, seven, nine years old and you saw those first films or the prequel films as well. You have a bunch of action figures or toys. You want to reenact it. Yeah, that's great. And it's fun with your friends and you really get a kick out of it. But you're not the storyteller that's supposed to be telling the story. You're lacking the connections to the characters through a timeline of events. Why do we want that? I mean, there's a childhood, like a childlike lightness to that. There's something that's wonderful about it. But again, you're the child enjoying something that somebody should be telling a better story. 
Hmm. Don't let the children tell the story unless they know how to actually write and tell a story. And that's producers. I even think it's directors. I know I'm not going to get into the deep Last Jedi stuff that we've talked about, but I, I put this on JJ as well. There is, okay, there's a ton of things to say, but one of the things that you guys talked about on your on your uh, two-man review on Christmas Day was, um, I think, Steve, you mentioned it. I'm, I hope I got this right. You said you would take another 10 minutes of this film. I honestly think more like 30 minutes of story development and character development. The thing that I lack the most in this film is the depth and the connections that we got to the original characters to each other. Hmm. And when we all think back, there was a better way of telling stories. There was a grittier way. It wasn't goofiness. It wasn't fart jokes and poop jokes, but it wasn't even all that. Put that aside. Jar Jar. It was the connection to the main characters. Whether they were separated or not, through three films, they told a story and they all ended up together at some point. And they know they tried to do that with this film, but there's just something missing between them. There's like a lack of real connection with these characters. Mm. And The thing – I'm going to jump in real quick on that point that you're making there. The thing about that where they all come together, like this film had to go out and say that. Oh look, we're all together going on this mission for the first time ever. Yeah. Look, everybody, the squad's all here. Like they shouldn't have to say that and put it in our face like that. Which is funny to me because that's the part that I liked the most almost. I mean, other than a few singular moments like, you know, the book ending of the, uh, you know, Ray with the twin sons at the Lars homestead and you know, I, I love the one shot of the Tanti Four flying over as it's going off on this on this mission. Um, Wait, is that the actual Tanti Four, or is it just a Corellian cruiser? Oh, I don't know. I was making an assumption there. Unknown. I'm sure I, somebody. I'm sure there's a nerd out there who can figure this out. But so so there were there were moments like that that I really loved. But overarching, like the first third of the movie, I actually thought was pretty fun because when I think about what I love about Star Wars. It's, you know, Han, Chewie, Leia, 3PO, all on the Falcon, and they're going somewhere together, and they're on an adventure together. And that I love that part of, of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, the middle third and the, and the final third, I, I, I feel like, was kind of a mess. I, I, I want to I shift a little bit back to a conversation that we've been having for quite a while about Episode Eight, And one of the things that we've been sort of waiting for... To judge episode eight, one of the through points of this conversation has always been, let's not judge episode eight until we see episode nine. And so um, those that have been critical of episode eight, I'd like to weigh in here. Uh, and that's uh, primarily uh, Scott and Nico. Scott, um, uh, does this movie shift your view of episode eight at all? Barely, but it does. There is a shift for me, but I'm going to tell you this. Um this is there is something that bothered me again i'm doing all this in critical mass here i'm or, or in a critical way because i have to point out the critiques of this film but off of the merits that i've just butchered the last jedi so let's get into that real quick and just say this there are things that did make the connections better but what really bothered me and i didn't want jj to do was retcon anything and there were a couple of those moments they were subtle but it bothered me. Now, admitting you're wrong about something is one thing, but putting it in a, in a film that's going to make billions of dollars probably or a franchise billions of dollars, I didn't need to see Luke say something just flat out 
saying that a Jedi should handle his weapon better like that. A Jedi's I, weapon deserves respect, respect or whatever system. That was a slap in the face. As much as I a slap in the face for, for Ryan Johnson for the overall storytelling techniques, he didn't need that. There could have been again Luke tossing the saber over his shoulder could have been told differently. Luke catching it as a Force ghost and then saying that just basically says all the stuff as a fanboy I wanted to hear, but I know in in the normal storytelling process and the I, I don't want to see them say we're really sorry about Ryan's mistake over here and whether it's a mistake on my opinion or not that's what it makes it look like now because it's in a film that says yeah well, you should respect your weapon more now that, Dave Greg did you take it that way did you take that as a as a nod to uh ah, we screwed that up and now we're gonna we're gonna fix this with Luke saying with Luke's line is that how you took that line I'll, I'll let you go first Greg all right, thank you, Dave. Um, I don't think it's uh, it, okay. I don't think that it's a slap in the face or or taking it back from what Ryan Johnson did. I think it is fan service, and I think this movie is filled with these fan servicey moments that say, "We heard you, and here's how we're going to address that." I think they're entirely unnecessary, and I agree with Scott. I don't think it should have gone down that way. I think that you know there there was no reason there was no reason to sit there and point that out as as they did. And there are a lot of movies. There are a lot of points in in this movie like that. I wish they would have gotten back to the the adventure swashbuckling stuff like you like Steve yeah. and stayed away from this fan servicey stuff. Right. Yeah. So Greg, let me on that point and thank you for saying that. I know we've argued and discussed many times about the, the last film, uh, but I want to just say this on top of that is: Do you feel? Or let me ask you this: Do you feel that? They could have addressed that in a much better way. Like, like I know we've ripped on Lucas about many things in his writing skills on the prequels and all that, but Lucas did have a set path. And if he had mm-hmm. a way of telling it in a more, not Godfather profound way, but not like kind of jokey and almost insulting. Yeah. Can, can you handle the Jedi a little bit better and have them be this presence that's, uh, you know, something yeah. that people look up to as a very spiritual thing and say... Yeah. Maybe it's not a fucking joke that, you know, Luke's making about his lightsaber as he's holding it in his ghost hand. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because, you know, you look at how the original trilogy, as George Lucas envisioned it, was structured. You know, the entire story is is told in episode four. He didn't realize he was going to get to make three movies. And so after, you know, you know, A New Hope was so successful... He expanded his story back out, and that's why you get a second Death Star again in Return of the Jedi, because yeah. it was all supposed to play out, and the entire trilogy was supposed to end with the explosion of the Death Star. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that is how you take a story, you shorten it to make it work, and then you expand it out again to, to and still have it be coherent. If there's one thing that, you know, I'm going to praise George Lucas for, it's that he made two coherent trilogies from beginning to end. Not that they're all good. But at least there's a storyline that goes from A to B to C in all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was coherent except for that scene where Leia sticks her tongue down her brother's throat. Mmm, yummy. And <laughs> I'm just saying, I, w- I was rolling my eyes a little when we were talking about the plot holes because Christine and I talked about it, and we both had the opinion that plot holes are part of Star Wars. Like, yeah. if you're if you're if you're ever going out and saying, well, I didn't like it because of this, this, and this, it's like, well... In all the other movies that you liked, here are, you know, a similar quantity of plot hole problems. There, it's a part of, sure. it's a part of Star Wars. It's like Q showing up in a Bond movie. There's always going to be a plot hole in a Star Wars movie. I, uh, okay, well, let me let me just 
defend myself for a moment though those movies were made before we had canon to fall back to so this is my problem with the current slate of of uh, and the current approach to star wars make to making star wars okay back then we had these films they were they were being made based on what we think is going to work today there there was no history to fall back on there's no canon to look back to and compare it to. So all of it made sense. If there's a plot hole, we're inventing the plot holes as we go. We had uh, you know, George Lucas as the executive producer for Irvin Kirshner and then for Richard Marquand. So we had three totally different directors, all but with George Lucas's vision moving forward. So plot holes were being made up as they go. But, but and that's... That's just how it was back then, and that's fine. But now we've got a situation where we do have canon, and we do have something to fall back to, and we have a set of prequels that reinforce that canon. What Jedi do and what they don't do and what their limits are, how hyperspace works, how the Force works, how blasters work. There, There's sort of been this uh, universe that's established, but with these new set of films... It's almost like it's that universe, but sidebar, like a little side part B that all of a sudden this new stuff is springing up with Jedi can now heal people. Hyperspace, you can, you don't have to set coordinates to jump into hyperspace and be safe. And oh, and by the way, TIE fighters can do the same thing and follow you. It just, it, it doesn't. So yes, those are plot holes, but they're not plot. They're plot holes that don't line up with anything. They're just huge gaps. That, that that don't make sense in terms of the established canon. And that's those are the problems that I have with this movie. Speaking what, what of I, sidebar, quick really quick sidebar to Mandalorian episode seven. Who knew that Tie Wings Tie Wing uh Tie Wing Wings folded like that in Mandalorian episode seven? Yeah, that was pretty cool. How <laughs> <laughs> they did that? But but I'm just gonna throw out so your 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 <laughs> Your thought about the Jedi powers, I would say, you know, just because they haven't shown that it's done in a previous movie doesn't mean that it it can't be done. I mean, that's a if you went by that, I mean, comic books with their continuity would never be able to evolve beyond, you know, for Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, the world as it existed in 1961 or for any of the DC characters, you know, Batman would still be fighting crime using, you know, the latest 1930s technology. I mean, you, you have to have some some ability to evolve and reimagine the world as as time continues to pass. And the TIE Fighters in hyperspace, that bothered me for five minutes, and I thought, you know what? It's been 30 years since they said TIE Fighters don't have hyperspace capabilities. Yeah. Maybe there's been some advancements in technology in then. I certainly don't drive the same car that I would have, you know, in 1989. So, Yeah, I, I get your point. I, I understand that, but I, I will counter with, now that we have some DC people on uh, here, uh, on the show with us, I'll I'll throw out the example that I used on Wednesday. So um, you would I'm deferring my answer to Scott immediately. I just want to say that right now. So you, you <laughs> we would we would also expect, for example, get so this is analogous to the Jedi. After eight movies, all of a sudden in movie nine, they can magically heal. They can use the Force to heal wounds and heal people. Okay, so you would also expect that Superman would have the power to be a really good archer. Yes. To be able to pull an arrow and a sling <laughs> off of his back, he's one of the best, and in fact. draw it back and hit targets miles away because he can see very far and he's very strong. 
But it would be very weird in a Superman movie for Star for Superman to do that because Superman just doesn't do that. So that's that's my thing with with Jedi. They just don't do that. It might make sense. We can start to have them do that. Sure, fine. We can have them fly too. But Superman just doesn't do that, and Jedi just don't heal people. It's not part of their canon. And so that's why it just feels off to me. Oh, my God. It Where do I off. even start on this one? I Dave, mean, we somebody... have nine movies with, I'm sure, multiple instances in each where that could have been so fucking useful. Yes. And why do we wait so long now to show that, like, oh, wait, hey, look, yeah, they actually they can do that. But, like, why didn't they do it before? Why didn't... I'm going to defend it and that's the, and say that is why Jedi are so hot to fucking just amputate limbs all the time. <laughs> because if it's just a scratch, you can heal that shit just by, like, rubbing it, you know, with your hand. So you chop that hand off and, like, fuck you, put that back on. It's like space magic aloe for Jedi. Just, <laughs> um, I, I have to say this. One, yeah, Superman is a damn good archer. In fact, uh, you know, where do you want to go with that? Have you ever seen him shoot a bow and arrow? Well, you saw my... Co- you, no, that's your nonsense. You have you ever seen him... <laughs> have you ever seen him in a comic or a show or a movie shoot a bow and arrow? I am not... Don't a, give me bullshit right now. I am not... I'm are not going to bullshit you. Are you saying that he made that up, Steve? Because really every Superman story is made up when you think so about it. So in other words, my point is correct and you can only counter with nonsense. Is that what you're saying? No, no what I am going to say is... It's an imaginary story, but yes, aren't they all? And all for man is Cher are the only two people on this planet who can turn back time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Green Arrow and she Superman, just wonders if she can. There she are, would find a way. There right. are limited series where Green Arrow and Superman have archery, like archer offs. That's it. That's it. You need to find those. <laughs> is that what it's called? An archer, archer off? off? Yeah. Archery. Archer. I can't say that. Wow. So I'm not even why drinking. Then, no. Um, why in excuse, the Clone I, I, Wars? I, I just need a magazine and a bathroom. I need to go archer off for a second. Okay. <laughs> in the Clone Wars, why didn't we have like like medical corps of Jedi like running around healing troopers? Hold on. Hold on. Because well, they they're, can't they're heal people. Can I say something? Well, they're clones. Who really cares about them? You just you have a new batch coming in on Thursday. I just mean, say something. Do, do, do yeah, too? but we don't have to. We don't have time until Thursday, Dave. We got to take this forward base I'm just, now. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> what the Amazon clone service to come by? You guys because... <laughs> failed to mention the biggest plot hole in your argument is Go. that it is canon. Jedi do heal, and it came out before Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, one day. One day. Wednesday in the Mandalorian. Good. Yeah, one day before, and there. But it's there. Oh, listen to you. Okay, Ryan Johnson defenders are telling me one day. Seriously, duly noted. Yeah, that wasn't planned either. (laughs) All right, fine. Just like Disney's not going to make eight billion dollars off Baby Yoda. When they told us at the beginning of the Mandalorian that like. Oh, there's going to be a connection. Maybe there, and we're w- sitting here waiting, like, oh, what's the connection going to be? How do we think that it's going to tie? That's the fucking tie-in that we get. JJ Abrams, Abrams had the opportunity to drop in the, the the most popular fucking Star Wars character in 
35 years that has come around in Baby Yoda, and he chooses the force healing power instead of Baby Yoda. <laughs> Which came from Baby Yoda. I put you on that, Nico. If that's what they marketed as the tie-in to The Rise of Skywalker, that's superbly fucking weak. That is, that is just a joke, and they should have just let it stand on its own merits because it can stand on its own merits. It doesn't need this, this rinky-dink bullshit tie-in. That said, I, I stand by what I'm saying earlier. Just because you haven't seen it done before doesn't mean that you can't imagine that it can be done now. When Kylo Ren stopped a laser blast in the first five minutes of yes. The Force Awakens, that's not a, a power that we've seen any Force user utilize before. Hey, and hey, nobody, Dave, nobody blinked an eye at it. We just all said, oh, look, he's very powerful, and he found a way to use the Force that nobody else had imagined. Or when Qui-Gon Jinn and, and Obi-Wan like run at super speed. That had never been seen before. And has never been seen <laughs> since, by the way. Man, uh, do you remember in A New Hope when Luke and Obi-Wan were running like fucking sprinters? It was amazing. Oh, wait, no, that never happened in the original that's trilogy. That's one of my favorite reviews of The Phantom Menace, where the guy was like, oh, look, they ran at super speed. That's an amazing ability that you would think we would see later in the movie, but no. It <laughs> never happens again. Never happens again. <laughs> all right, no, so having this, said all this... I know, but I just want to close with this. This is, right. to me, how things kind of do stay alive, is you have a new creator comes in who sees something that's like, okay, this does kind of make sense, though, because if the Force is an ability to bind all life and all living things together, it does seem like you should be able to use it as a as a healer. It does seem like the Force should have healing applications. And we also know from other canon sources that the Jedi do kind of divide themselves into various disciplines. So just because you are a Jedi and a Force user, it doesn't mean you're good at everything. It means you're really good at this stuff over here. It doesn't seem impossible to me that there would have been a discipline that that did do healing work. And that healing work is probably pretty limited because, you're as Ben Solo shows us, you drain your own life force the greater the amount of healing you put into it. All right, fair enough. My, my favorite rebuttal for all of this, last time I got pissed about this, was Dave just stopped and looked at me and goes... It's all made up. It is. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> now, now, there is one, right. one more thing to add about this. Okay, so you said one day prior to Rise. That's that's BS. I'm calling BS on that. We saw Yoda try to heal the Mandalorian in, what, the first or second episode when he saves the little baby Yoda. Yeah, like he, hey, so, so seven weeks prior to Rise. All right. <laughs> but Because <laughs> that's a big difference. So wait a minute, wait a minute. In previous canon, which is now Legends, mm -hmm. we have a list of all the different Force powers that Jedi have. And in there, there should be Force healing. Also, do we have Force smell? Have we seen that on there in any of the mm. films? You have we what? seen Force melding? Have we seen... No, but now I know why um, beans are nowhere in the Star Wars universe. How about flow walking? <laughs> have we seen flow walking in any of the films? Disney took hmm. all of that. How about Flo Rida? Have we seen Flo Rida? Flo Rida is no. definitely in Last Jedi. <laughs> that's that's a Ryan Johnson thing. All right, look, we've got about eight minutes to go oh. until the Captain of the Millennium Falcon has to go, and we got to wrap this show up. I got to get your take on the big reveal. She's a Palpatine, guys. Yeah, I win. She's a Palpatine. <laughs> hey, hashtag hey. hashtag Nico was right. You know what else we got? In this film, we realized that Star Wars kind of likes incest. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying that for a couple of years now, that if there's unresolved sexual tension between two characters, odds are they're related. I've been yeah. saying that for years. Well, you were right on that one. And the, the relation, though, between Ray and Ben is, it's fucking weird. They're yeah. cousins. Kissing cousins. 
kissing cousins by genetics, not by blood. Yeah, we'll see. Could... Oh yeah, because because the because of the whole Palpatine Anakin. created created Anakin. Okay, yeah, yeah I, see, I see where you're going. But yeah, I think I I don't think that he had a hand in the uh, in the in the creation in a. Uh... Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. I can feel my. It wouldn't creation. have been a hand that was in the creation. Right. Not Matt. Not so well, I mean. Okay, Wait a minute, can... was it Diane Carroll that hooked up with Sheev? Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe that's the baby mama we're looking for. <laughs> Go back and look at that that panel from the comics where they reveal that that's what happened, and you do see, like, a, like Sheev is there behind Shmi with his hands, like... Yeah, that like is kind of a creepy panel. Womb, <laughs> Making a dobe. life. <laughs> Making a <laughs> You know, forcing the baby to. That's where Obi Wan got the idea. I do. I do love. There was a review. I saw somebody mention that about the kiss between the two of them. They're like, we just felt so wrong and unnatural about him. Like, and and Luke and Leia in two films. You didn't feel bad about. Seriously, look at the first time she really max on him in Empire, and that is well, but the yeah, first she, one she lays out. I think there, I think there's a line of spit that's connected <laughs> to two lips when she pulls back too. <laughs> yes. Well, the first one was just for luck, though, right? Right. It was just a yeah. kiss. Sure. And it was on the cheek. Yeah, it was on the cheek. That one was for luck. You can't, can't can't count that one. Yeah, Although he was grabbing her ass. But the f- creepiness through the across. whole film of him and Han fighting over in the yeah. cockpit, and it's just yeah. like. What but the think? thing is, Wait, they, where were they? In the in the. They cockpit. didn't know, and we didn't know. And we had already found out that she was a Palpatine before that kiss, which yeah. means if you stop and think about it mid-movie before that happens, you could have already made the connection that, yes, they are related, yeah. and then kiss. If they had kissed like in one of the opening scenes and then the reveal was made later, it'd be like, okay, they didn't know. Fair enough, they but both they, knew. But they would have to sit down. I and mean, we saw the pace of that film. They would have to sit down and analyze that shit. And there was no time for them to really sit there and think that through. Nobody's going to go, it oh, yeah, take- you made Anakin, what, 60 years ago? I, I don't know. I Whatever. It's still creepy, That's but whatever. That's immediately what popped into my head. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, "Oh, cousin kissing." Okay, cool. Thanks, Star Wars. This is where we're gonna go now. All right. All right. Oh my god. Cue Star Wars porn music. Oh my gosh. Uh, All right, so guys, in the last five minutes here, what does having Ray as a Palpatine mean for the greater Star Wars universe in terms of where we go from here? But she's she's technically not anymore. I know. Biologically, she is, but she claims at the end. Well, she just took the Skywalker name on her right, own. But well, with Luke and Leia's so, blessing. Let me. Let she's me a jump in on that here. That's. I we talked about this a little bit. Ray to me is clearly the chosen one now. That that Lucas was always talking about in from Episode One. Everybody thought it was. Everybody in the movies thought it was Anakin, and then everybody thought it was Luke. No. It's Ray because Ray is a Palpatine. She is a a bloodline Sith of one of the most powerful Sith, but she is choosing the light, and she has chosen the name of Skywalker, which is a name that will be associated with the light side of the Force and bring and bringing balance to the Force and bringing right. balance to the Force. So hashtag some of us were also right. How so? She's a Skywalker. She's a by, Skywalker by, by choice. choice. By choice. Yeah, but does, that, does you, that make us any less wrong, though? Yeah. 
Hmm. Out of all your friends that were adopted, do you go back and <laughs> say, no, like, you're yes. not that person's family anymore? <laughs> we're going to have to debate that one over the next year or so. What, I'm sorry, Scott. What'd you, what if you saying? have any friends out there that have been adopted, do you look at your friend and you oh. tell them, no, you are not part of that family? God, so wait a minute. Scott's pulling the adoption card out. So wait, oh. you're saying that Luke and Leia have adopted Ray? Because that's not what I saw. They appeared at the end, and it looks like they're giving their blessings for her to choose the name Skywalker. They Ray rips the Skywalker name literally from their culture. Old dead hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I am fucking high fiving you right in <laughs> that, that, that iPhone. She's right. like, well, if you, you're not using it, Skywalker. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I do love all the memes that just show her like off looking at a KFC. I'm Ray KFC. <laughs> Whatever the first thing that she sees is. Are we? We have to do a part two. There's a million things. Oh. Ray KFC. That that might be the line of the day. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was that was quick and dirty, and that's how I like it. Oh. Episode one hundred and three. <laughs> that was a fun one. Episode one hundred and three is in the books. We're going to be talking about this a lot. We, we've got a lot to unpack here. Greg, you're going to see it for the second time um, today. This later today, right? Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we have an early recording on Thursday, the day after Christmas, and I'm going to yep. go see it uh, this afternoon. Great. Anybody else? Any plans to uh, see the movie again? Yeah, I'm up in Vegas. I'm going to see it. You're seeing it this weekend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get out with the boys for sure. Uh, Dave, what are your what are your no, plans? Nothing firm yet, but definitely okay. want to see it again. Definitely more comfortable theater this time. It, that just didn't that just didn't work out that was just it was a stuffy theater it just didn't work Dave said it was like watching a two hour movie in an airplane I think is was his line from I'm so three, sorry three hour movie in an airplane well, we had like 90 minutes of trailers oh yeah can we talk about that really 30 minutes of trailers Disney 30 <laughs> I, and that's zero exaggeration zero, I think 30 that's minutes. standard now I think I mean it was that way when I saw Joker it was that way when I saw Spider-Man I mean yeah just the, I think just that's the, standard now isn't the it the big uh, tentpole movies well it was, have... it, was a, it was a little long I mean I, I love trailers I, yeah, I get but... upset if I miss trailers but that was it felt like there were two or three more than are usually there. Yeah, we saw we saw at Grauman's all of those thirty minutes worth, and we got the seven minute preview for Tenet. I was gonna say you got like a you got like an hour and a half preview of another movie. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. It was how, so how was the Tenet preview? It's insane. The short one looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. the trailer, no, the, the preview of the film. It's oh, a scene we just from the got film. like a regular two minute trailer. No, no, it's yeah. it's a whole right. assassination scene. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, guys! Well, the force is strong with this one. We're gonna we're gonna keep this conversation going. I'm sure into many episodes to come. Everybody, I hope you had a wonderful holiday. We're still certainly celebrating. This has been a great, fun little episode. 103 is in the books. Any final thoughts from anyone? The dead speak. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> Hashtag Nico was right. Everybody, have a great rest of your holiday season, and may the force be with us all. She's a Skywalker. Do it, 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 do it.